And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, a partner of the law firm of Mauk and Baker. You were listening in the intro to Bob Dylan, You Gotta Serve Somebody. And today we're going to talk to a business owner, Ken Johnson, about his work at Premier Systems. Uh, Ken is president of Premier with over 20 years' experience in high-end electronics and a unique example of one whose faith is at work in the marketplace. You're going to want to hear how his business ministers. I'm an attorney and partner in the law firm of Malcolm Baker. We're Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration, and protecting religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. You can even follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and law. Ken, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Uh, Ken, how did you come to faith in Jesus? Well, it actually started roughly one year after I started the business in 1995. I had a tough beginning, and uh, approximately one year into uh, starting my company, Premier Systems, we had a number of issues that came up, uh, one of which was a partnership that wasn't working out and a few other things that ultimately seemed to be unraveling uh, what I had just started. And I had poured everything that I had into the company, all of our resources, uh, all of my future, it seemed. And uh, right at that time, I really was having so many difficulties and struggles and had never experienced anything quite like it before. So uh, one evening as I was arriving home and I had pretty much uh, nowhere to turn, I looked up and said, God, if you're out there and if you'll help me, then I'm yours. And uh, up until that point, nobody had pointed me to Jesus or uh, anything like that. And it just uh, was an experience where I felt God's presence, and uh, ultimately uh, I entered into that contract, if you will, with the Lord at that time, although I was quite skeptical that uh, anything had really happened uh, for the first uh, several weeks. Miracle after miracle was happening, and finally I just gave in and (laughs) recognized that 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 was a real uh, agreement that I had, so to speak, and uh, that God was with me, and and that He was doing things that uh, were uh, were new, and uh, I was new, and so forth. Well, tell tell us about your business, and maybe then then we can hear about some of uh, those miracles and how God worked within uh, Premier Systems. Sure. Um, so we have uh, two offices: one in Chicago, one in Naples, Florida. 
And we primarily serve the luxury home market. Uh, our typical client is building a home somewhere between 2 and $15 million and looking for a provider for technology, which can include everything from surveillance, security, audio, video, uh, IT services, and so forth. So we cater specifically to that very high-end market and uh, ultimately provide a very broad range of products and services. Uh, we have a staff of 50 people, and we are ultimately getting most of our business by way of referrals and trade partner relationships. We get a lot of our leads through architects and designers and builders who appreciate what we do and how we do it and so forth. Well, a lot of people have great businesses and, and they love to build their business and other people have faith, but it's kind of rare to see them combined. Uh, tell us how you brought faith into the business that you were already operating and, and uh, how that has changed, how that is integrated, what it has done in your business. Sure. Well, um, you know, I, I think initially, as my faith was growing, I did what most uh, Christian business owners do, which is to uh, do my best to, to treat my customers and vendors and staff as Christ would, would do. And uh, always, you know, I'm looking for opportunities to reach people with the gospel and so forth. These are, these are things that I think come naturally uh, and were part of my initial walk of faith. I also, of course, uh, over time, saw a number of um, miraculous turnabouts, if you will, things that uh, I thought were certainly going to take the business out, and uh, ultimately the Lord just used to provide us with new opportunities, new direction, and so on. I think over time, though, what's evolved is a focus that is, uh, is a little bit different, uh, obviously those things continue on, but um, I think I became more aware of the position that I have, you know, being a Christian business owner in a country where we're afforded uh, the ability to support uh, missions and support specifically missions that are in high-risk areas where uh, there are unreached people and, and typically hostile conditions. And uh, every day I get up and go to work, uh, that, that's really my motivating factor. And just the realization that being in business is not just about treating people well and not just about reaching people within our small sphere of influence, but we're put in a, a place in this country and in this specific uh, uh, area of protection, uh, we're able to, to serve a, a calling which reaches out into the world where those those protections, those securities aren't there. Well, well for me, that is uh, very important. And and Ken, uh, after the break, we're going to talk about India and how you 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 came to be interested in India and reach there. But before reaching out to India, uh, you have a much closer mission field. Your family. Uh, your company, uh, your 50 employees, how do you manage that, particularly in the atmosphere where uh, people will sue you 
uh, if they work for you and uh, they feel they're being imposed upon uh, by your evangelism. How does a business owner navigate that? Well, it's it's tricky, and uh, I have been uh, accused of, of uh, things here and there, but uh, falsely, of course. Uh, I, I treat people with respect, first of all, uh, regardless of what their uh, religious preferences or what they believe. Uh, I believe we're all uh, the same. You know, we're all children of God. We're all ultimately... Uh, you know, flawed, if you will, and you know it's it's through Jesus that we are brought back whole again. Uh, but ultimately, I I don't want to treat anyone in in such a way where I would be, uh, you know, thinking about their specific preferences or where they are at today. But uh, you know, there are opportunities that come along where I can tell people my testimony. I can say, this is what happened to me. I was this way, and then I encountered Jesus. I let him into my life. I became a follower of him, and this is the end result. And it's through that, uh, through telling that kind of testimony, just telling honest stories about what happened to me, that some people become uh, interested and, and ultimately even saved. Uh, others might uh that message might not connect with them and i'm fine with that you know that's not my it's not my job to 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 press anything on anyone i just uh tell people the truth and and we go from there i'm sure you're not hiding your light under a bushel because i've known you for a long time ken how do you let your light shine without seeming to be imperialistic about your faith well, I think the most important part of that is to, when you're telling people your testimony or you're giving a, uh, a message as to what Jesus has done for you, just to be vulnerable and to be humble in terms of, you know, what your weaknesses are, what uh, God has helped you with, and ultimately what He can do for you. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not shy about telling people you know, where I've fallen short and uh, what my struggles have been. And I think that's the, the easiest way to connect with people is is to not uh, make it sound as if you uh, didn't need the help in the first place. Now, do you have prayer meetings at your office or Bible studies with some of the employees? We have on and off. Um, you know, it, it's usually something that I let somebody else be more directing, Um so that it doesn't, you know, specifically show that sort of favoritism. Uh, certainly, we have a lot of opportunities for uh, more impromptu prayer, and uh, I know my my wife and I, in particular, are quite uh, at the ready to to pray with people when they're going through a hard time, and and just ask them, can we can we pray for that situation? And, This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of the law firm Malk & Baker. We're speaking with Ken Johnson, and we're going to talk about how he's integrated his faith, his business with Premier Systems, and missionary work in India. He has a unique pattern to share with us when we come back. 
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, partner of the law firm of Mauk & Baker, and we're talking with Ken Johnson, president of Premier Systems in Chicago, Illinois. They manufacture, or I guess install, design high-end electronic systems for luxury homes. Uh, Ken, uh, prior to the break, I indicated you were going to talk about a unique pattern that you you and your company have uh, decided upon to minister to people in India. How did you get interested in India? I was interested in India initially just by way of a uh, church I was going to made a, a small uh, donation to uh, a group getting started about 15 years ago. And I was an elder at the church at the time, and after that funding was presented, uh, about a year into it, I was sent with another person to go and visit the mission field and see how things were, were going. And Well, let me, interrupt, time, let me interrupt you right there. That's rather unique that uh, the church would send out people uh, to the mission field to, uh, to check uh, that kind of whetted your appetite for uh, more uh, direct involvement, didn't it? It absolutely did. It uh, really changed my life and ultimately connected me personally and relationally with with uh, the specific mission group. And what is the specific mission group that you encountered? The name is United Mission to India. And uh, like I said, they were founded about 14, 15 years ago, just around the time when I got involved with them. And they serve uh, unreached people groups in many parts of India, as well as in Nepal as well. And how exactly does Premier Systems connect with United Mission to India? A couple different levels. One is by way of uh, just visiting every couple years. I, I go myself and, and try and bring uh, somebody with me when possible just to encourage and uh, visit the various uh, sites. And these are uh, these particular areas in India are quite hostile to Christians. So generally speaking, when I go on those trips, we have to visit the various uh, mission fields in the evening uh, so as to not cause additional pressure on the, the mission couple that's serving in that area. But uh, I'll go for about 10 days every two years and just travel around and encourage the, the missionaries. There's a total of uh, 50, uh, basically 25 couples, serving about 200 different villages. Now, how do you exercise the discernment that God has given you that this uh, ministry is not just legitimate, but really using uh, the money that you contribute uh, usefully, uh, most efficiently. Uh, let me explain and, and, and contrast. Maybe that'll help you with the, the answer that I'm that I'm looking for. Uh, Malkin Baker, as attorneys for churches, uh, we have a lot of African American churches that are clients. And we find that the people in Africa are not only receptive 
uh, but eager to have Americans come and minister uh, as missionaries, as preachers, evangelists, and so forth, but that there are a whole lot of people in Africa who want American money, and they just want to invite Americans to come over and minister and uh, support uh, their missions through giving uh, giving of money, and, and not all of it seems to be going uh, to the gospel. We, we know that Jesus warned about wolves in sheep's clothing. Are your 10-day visits every two years uh, sufficient to satisfy you that this ministry is legitimate? Absolutely, uh, and I think that one of the things that I've seen going back over and over again is knowing that the, the missionaries visiting the sites where they're serving, I can see that they are sacrificing everything that they have, uh, often t- uh, to the point of being uh, abused, houses burned down, thrown out of uh, villages. I mean, they're, they're giving everything that they have to uh, reach unreached people uh, with the gospel. And when I see their level of sacrifice, it's, it's very easy to, A, confirm that uh, the money is being used properly. Uh, and over time, I've built relationships with the various mission couples, at least the ones that have been there for the full duration. And it, it's just uh, quite clear to me that there's, uh, it, it's, it's money well spent. And when you think of India, there are literally hundreds of different uh, mission groups, and some of which are probably valid and, and others not. But um, I've been able to confirm over time and through direct experience that uh, this is uh, money that's being used to, to have the gospel reach areas where none of the churches want to go, most mission groups don't want to go. Well, are, are, these, are these American... ...severe there. Are these American missionaries in the villages, or are these are these native Indians who've been recruited by United Mission for India uh, into the missionary field? It's 100% native uh, missionaries, and the founder and the board of directors all native. So uh, mo- most of most of whom uh, were in some way or another part of the Church of South India. Um, some of the board members are, are retired uh, church people, if you will, because uh, there are parts of India where Christian uh, population is quite strong. And But United Mission India specifically is going to areas where there's been no church presence in, in most cases for hundreds of years, no missionaries there, and uh, very hostile situations toward any Christians whatsoever. Well, well, do you find that this uh, pattern of having missionaries uh, from the culture who speak the language and uh, uh, grow up at least in the same nation, maybe in different areas, uh, is superior to, to sending missionaries, say, from the United States, as most churches do, uh, into, these, uh, into these foreign cultures, and what would you recommend for churches and their mission programs, as well as for other businesses? Uh, is the, why do you think this is a good way uh, to support missions and, and might be superior to other patterns? 
Well, I think especially where there is a high level of hostility, uh, in this case, uh, militant Hindu uh, populations, uh, where there's a great deal of hostility, you have to have Native people, and you can't uh, necessarily go out and preach the gospel on the street corner and have what looks like a typical church. You have to uh, really enter into these types of areas with great care and, and, and with a careful approach to uh, reaching people at a level that uh, you can, can get started. And oftentimes, uh, with United Mission to India, that starts with uh, education. It starts with uh, doing, you know, being Christ to people and not saying much about Christ. But uh, ultimately, over time, uh, there are miracles that happen. The village leaders will uh, become believers, and, uh, you know, after an investment of time, uh, you know, you might have as many as 50 to 80 new believers within a couple-year period in a village that has not had a single Christian or not even one Christian in, in hundreds of years you might have 50 to 80 new believers. So it's absolutely worthwhile. And how does the rest of your company relate to this? Is this just a project of Ken Johnson, the owner of Premier Systems, or is there participation, support, and vision from others within your company? There's participation and support by a few. Um, You know, not many uh, really have the heart of it. So, uh, t- to be honest, it is largely myself and, and just a few others who uh, have captured the heart of this. And I'm, I'm in a unique position as the owner uh, t- to say that this is going to be our priority. You know, in, in many cases, I just refer to it as our company charity. Uh, it is a 501c3 uh, organization, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's accredited, if you will, and tax-exempt and so forth. So as to uh, you know, limit uh, liabilities and things of that nature. But you know, over time, more and more people get interested in it. And you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I made a personal commitment to the Lord to uh, to support those those missionaries and to be their partner. So as long as I'm around, then you know, it, it'll keep going. And and do you foresee the day when you'll be able to use your technical skills to? bring electricity to these rural villages? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. You know, I it, it's such a volatile part of the world, and right now, even more so, uh, the Indian government has basically said that by the year 2020, uh, they want all of India to be entirely Hindu state, uh, entirely Hindu uh, country. And, wow. you know, so... I think that ultimately, this is, uh, you know, the, the basic needs are, you know, not being met on many levels. Well, we appreciate you, Ken, for coming in today. Uh, Ken Johnson, president of the Premier Systems. If you have a legal need or question, you can call Malk Baker, 312-726-1243. to serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody